Welcome to Fire Talk Radio, teaching the unfiltered Word of God with the anointing of His Spirit, with subjects on eternity and the choices we make that determine our eternal destiny. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fire Talk Radio. I am so glad you joined tonight. Whatever time zone you're listening to from, I'm just really excited tonight to have Dr. Frank Summerall. It's his Bible study, and he's been teaching on the book of Daniel. Tonight, he's going to teach on, on, on it again. He's going to do the teaching that he did last week. But before that, we're going to go into a song, and um, and then we're going to, we're going to meet up with, with Dr. Frank Summerall. Refresh. 
times of refreshing and and thank God for Dr. Frank Summerall who's been bringing us these wonderful teachings and uh, Dr. Frank Summerall has been in the ministry for over 50 years and he is a mighty man of God he he loves God has passion for people and for souls and he's with us tonight for his Bible study and Dr. Frank Summerall you're live on the air take your liberty in the Holy Ghost well, thank you very thank much. You very we much. Appreciate, it. appreciate it. The Lord is good. It's kind of reversing itself. It has a background thing going on. That's better. Okay, what we're doing, we're talking about the book of Daniel. We're in the 10th chapter of the book of Daniel. All the way through. Now, in this 10th chapter, you turn to it, this is talking about Daniel's prayer and the warfare that took place. The warfare from heaven to earth. And the enemy tried to take away the very plan that God had for Daniel. But we find that that's what the enemy does. He tries to take away and thwart our plans. Uh, they're reading from Daniel chapter 10, beginning to read verse 11. And he said unto me, O Daniel, Man, greatly beloved, and understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. This is angelic person who was sent from God to Daniel. While he was speaking this word unto me, I stood trembling. He said unto me, Don't fear, Daniel, from, from the first day that you set your heart to understand. Now remember, Daniel had been fasting and in prayer for 21 days. And there was no action until after that 21st day. He said, that's why I've come to talk to you. For I have now been sent to you while he was speaking and stood trembling. So the first day you heard it, there's warfare, and it explains about it a little bit here. And to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come for your words. How powerful can that be? Notice here in verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now, this is a demonic area here. The kingdom of Persia, the prince, not a human being, demonic area, which stood me one of 21 days. And behold, Michael, and I'll explain to you just in a minute, the different archangels. This is one of the archangels. This is Michael. One of the chief princes came to help me. And I have been left alone with the kings of Persia. Now, according to Scripture, we're told that we have three archangels. First, you have Gabriel. Gabriel is the angel of communication, the archangel of God, seated close to God, hearing from God, 
Gabriel was the one who gave Mary the message concerning the son that was to be born in her. Gabriel was the one that gave communication all the way through the Bible. Then, of course, you have Michael. Excuse me. Michael is the prince of war. In the prince of war, we're talking about spiritual warfare. That Michael is that prince. Then, of course, Lucifer was designated to be the archangel of worship. But we find that through him, we don't know exactly how it happened, but we know that he was covered with all these beautiful, precious stones. And the light from God's glory would come through these stones and present itself before the Father. What an amazing sight. I believe we'll see all this in heaven. We'll know all about these things. So as we have these archangels, then of course you have when the enemy fell, when Satan fell, he, the Bible says that he took one-third of the angels with him. You say, well, show me scripture and verse. Well, I just was turning to that. And that is found in the book of Revelation, in verse 3. Revelation 12 and verse 3. And which says that there was a war. This is the war that started there. Another wondered him, the red dragon, having seven heads, horns, seven crowns upon his head. Verse 4 it is. His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Now, these are not the actual stars that we see at night. These stars they're talking about are enemy, having to do with the fact these are the demons. He took one-third of the heavens and cast them to the earth. The dragon stood before the woman ready to be delivered and all 144,000. That's the man-child. Now, as you discuss this and go over it, it's such an amazing thing. But, oh, I've got good news for you. Are you ready to hear the good news? Because it took Daniel 21 days to get through. But Daniel did not have the name Jesus. He did not have that name Jesus in his spirit. He did not know the power of the second person of the Trinity. He did not know the power of the Holy Ghost. He did not know the option and the function of Almighty God. Daniel prayed, true. He prayed a lot. He prayed continually, but he doesn't have what we have today. You see, one of the things we look at, we look at back six, all these great men of God. Wonderful. But did you know that we advanced that? We're above that. We advanced that because we've got the power of the spirit of the living God in us. That, it took Daniel 21 days to get through. It's not that way anymore. All you got to do is stand wherever you are or sit or cry. That's all you got to do and you're through. And you're through. You're through the principalities and the powers and the might and the dominion and all the things the enemy tried to put against us because we know the name. That's a tragic thing here in the United States. We have so many churches that talk about the name. They even use the name of Jesus. But they're not cognizant of the power of the name of Jesus, the power of his name. At his name, every knee shall bow. At his name, every tongue shall confess. So, as we look at this cosmic situation going on, the warfare going on, we see that there is a warfare. 
God is trying to get through to Daniel and speak to him in perfect direction as to what's going to happen to the land of Israel in the last day. That's why we have this fourth and final prophecy of Daniel. Now remember (coughs) that Daniel arrived when he was a young man. And he's there because Israel had committed sins regarding the Sabbath. And God says, I'm going to take away. I'm going to put you in a foreign nation for 70 years so that you will remember that you are going to worship me. That happened. Those kings from Persia came down, took Daniel as a teenager, and took him to Shushan, the palace. He had his friends around about him. As these friends were there, and you know their name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men were with him there. And he trained them. And he caused them to know the living God, as he did. That's why he could go through what he went through. That's why those men with him could go through what they went through. How they were thrown in the fiery furnace in Daniel chapter 3. Came right through it. The only thing that burned off of them were the ropes tying at their hands. The only thing. Their hair was not singed. They had no smell of smoke upon them at all. Then you go over to Daniel chapter 6, and you find Daniel thrown into the den of lions. And the wicked king said, Daniel, did your God preserve you? Now, the king was the only one that had insomnia that night. Daniel was sleeping good. He had these big cats around him. It was like a fur palace all around him there. He had one on the right, one on the left, one on the back. He probably said, hey, big boy, put your paw over here. Put it right behind my neck over here. And you come over here, it's kind of cold tonight. You come over here and make a blanket for me. And you come on this side, go over here. Then I'm sure that's the way it's a place. Now, we will see all these videos in heaven to understand what it's all about. So when Daniel said that, he knew his God. He knew his God. And so when they brought him out of the den of lions, you might say, well, maybe the lions weren't hungry. To prove difference to that, all of the men that signed the certificate against Daniel, their families, and all of them, all of them, every one of them, were thrown into the den of lions. And the Bible said even before they hit the ground, they were eaten, showing they were hungry lions. But Daniel's God, He knew God. The word of God tells us they that know their God shall do exploits. I'm one of those persons, how about you? Doing exploits in God's name. Uh, Coming back here, we find it all the way through the word of God having to do with the fact of angelic activity. One of the first mentions outside of, you find this in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 24, after they had sinned in the Garden of Eden, God would not permit him to live in Eden any longer. In verse 22, And the Lord said, Behold, man has become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now put forth his hand and take away the tree of life and eat and live forever. And so therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden until the ground from whence he was taken. Verse 24, So he drove him, God drove him, he drove the man out, and he placed him east of the Garden of Eden. And cherubims, now this is angelic creation right here. The cherubims attended the holiness of God. I'll give you a couple of scriptures about that cherubim. So you have the seraphim, you have the cherubim. 
Then you have the archangels. Then you have a host of other angels. Angelic activity is constant. So they never sleep. They don't have any beds in heaven. Don't tell me when you go to heaven you're going to sleep. Sleeping's for the earth. <laughs> oh, we've had enough time down here sleeping. I tell you, some people like to sleep all the time, including me. I said that because my wife, she would testify to the fact that I know how to sleep. But we'll go on from there. Having to do with the fact that talking about the cherubim, and they had a flaming sword which turned every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. Now, you find in Exodus chapter 25, again, the word cherubim. This has to do with the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark of the Covenant, we find that God allowed them to have that. And let's look at about verse 22. Uh, Go back to 21. And you will put in the mercy seat above the Ark, and the Ark which you will put the testimony I will give you. And listen to it. And there I will meet with you, and will commune with you from above the mercy seat. Between two cherubim, there you go, the cherubim, which are on the Ark of the Testimony, and all the things I give to you and command the children of Israel. So, talking about that, you have the cherubim. The cherubim attend to the holiness of God. They are before the throne. If you do an in-depth study of the cherubim, you'll find the most exciting, most challenging creatures, heavenly creatures of God. All right, then turn to Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, we have information regarding the seraphim. These are six-winged angels. And these angels are crying holy before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's, it's a very well-familiarized scripture that, which we read here in Isaiah chapter 6. That after the death of King Uzziah, he saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphim. Now, the seraphim, this is the explanation who they are. The seraphim, each one had six wings, okay, six wings. With two of them, he covered his face. With two of them, he covered his feet. With two of them, he did fly. And their purpose was to cry holy. That's what they did. They cried holy. Very powerful. And they had the antiphonal sound. One cried to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Ha, <laughs> God of battle. The whole earth is full of his glory. The uh, shenanigans that go on the earth today. All of that terrible stuff going on. And today was a day of voting. And I told someone in another state, I said, basically what we need to pray for, pray that the good stay in, the bad get out, and God have mercy on both parties. That he have mercy on mankind. That he would have mercy on our land. Even though the primaries are very important. And so from the primary to the presidential coming up here later in November, God has his hand on this land. Hey, how about that? 
God has his hand on the land for the plan. And the plan that God has for America is repentance. After repentance takes place, watch what God will do for the land. I believe we're just on the very fringe of the greatest move of the Spirit of God that we've ever experienced in the United States. We've seen many miracles all around the world. Miracles in Indonesia, miracles in Vietnam, miracles in Manila, miracles in Hong Kong, miracles in China, over in the European countries, miracles in Germany, miracles in Spain, miracles in France, miracles in all of the Scandinavian countries. We've seen the miracles of God take place. You think it leaves out the land? You know, this land was the land that sent forth the missionaries to the world. Yes, I feel and know inside my spirit that God has allowed us to see the earth with missionaries as they would go forth and preach the mighty word of the living God. But let's get back to where we were at because sometimes I get taken away in the spirit. <laughs> we're in Virginia. <laughs> we're in Virginia. In the sixth chapter again from the book of Isaiah, the, the antiphonal sound, that means they were crying, holy, holy, one to another. Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And what happened? Verse 4. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. What they're talking about? They're talking about the Shekinah of God's glory. That's the smoke they're talking about. Oh, I know many times when we come to service, as we begin to worship, we feel the anointing of God. We feel his power. We feel his presence. We feel that anointing. If our eyes were open, I'm sure we would see the cloud of God, that we would know things that we have not known before. So you see this happening here. This is talking about the angelic movements of God. Now, go back with me. Go back with me to Second Kings. What happens is so amazing. I used to preach messages on this called Unseen Victories, that God has angelic activity. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. Several years back when my son was five years old, he had a dental appointment down by Kokomo. He had a good friend down there. He was going to take care of his teeth. So we were driving south at South 31. It was wintertime. Road rising. In front of me was a tow truck. I followed him for a little while, but I didn't realize as he was towing the car that he had, it wasn't properly belted. On the other side of Kokomo, or uh, not the other side, but just before we came to Kokomo, this, this truck, the belts were not there, and they must have hit some kind of bump. And that car in the back started heading right toward my car at a tremendous rate of speed. The only time I had to say anything, I said, Jesus! And must the angels must have taken that car and turned it around, and it went north. The car went north. Protected me from being destroyed. The angels of God. I've had so many times in my occasional life to have the angelic activity. You can look back on your life on how God spared you so many times. How he saved you. How he touched you. 
how he healed you, how he blessed you, how he honored you. Bye, 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 bye. So, our God. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. Second Kings chapter 6. So, the king is so upset because he feels there is someone that is not for him. And so, uh, this is the first thing. The, the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with the servants, saying, Such is the place in my camp. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware, thou pass not a certain place, the Syrians have come down. So the king of Israel sent the place, and the man of God told it, warded, and saved himself there. Not once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was really troubled for this thing, because he called on the servants and said, Will you not show me which one is the traitor? Find out who that traitor is. And they said, the servants said, no, 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 we're not traitors. He said, but there's a man of God, there's a prophet of God there called Elisha. And uh, Elisha, he is in Israel. And he even tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedchamber. That king was real upset about that. Verse 13, he said, go and spy where he is. I'm going to send to fetch him. It was told him, saying, Behold, he's in Dothan. So he sent over there horses, chariots, a great host, and they came by night, and they surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, gone forth, behold, a host surrounded the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? <laughs> you get the scenario. Elijah's just prophesying, telling exactly what God has on his heart, speaking to the king of Israel. Every time the king of Israel listens to them, then it happens just like the man of God says. And so by that, they're finding out that whatever the plans are of the Syrians, it won't work because God is giving information to this man of God. And so, so the king says, we're, we're, we're going to fix that. We're going to send somebody down. We're going to surround the city. We're going to take him, and it's going to be over. And so the young man, when he opened his eyes and saw these mountains were full of the chariots of fire round about Elisha, that's, that's what he prayed about. And so what did he do? Prayed a prayer. Verse 17, Elisha prayed a prayer and said, Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, on the mountains, they were full of horses and chariots, with fire round about Elisha. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And then Elisha said, smote him with blindness. And then, the rest of the story is history. So, we have angelic forces protecting us at all times. They are with us to help us, to encourage us, to lift us up, to cause these things to happen. So many times through the scripture, we find angelic activity. I don't know how many of you out there have heard many times, I've heard this story many times, in secular radio stations that they say that someone, they have gone down the road on a journey and a hitchhiker has been hitching a ride, and they pick him up, put him in the back seat. He starts talking about the second coming. He starts talking about Jesus. 
for about 10 or 15 minutes, and they look back, and they disappear. That has happened so many times in the last few years. <laughs> that ought to scare the Willard lady right there. They said, wait a minute here. If they were back there and they're not there now, that must be angelic. Maybe God's trying to get the answer to me. Wake up! There's the answer right there. Wake up. The Bible says you don't knock the hour in which the Son of Man cometh. So God is getting this world ready for the end times. We hear about blood moves. We hear about wars. We hear about rumors of wars. We hear about pestilence. We hear about famines. Now, the great thing that's happening now, as we notice in the weather patterns, how strange they are as opposed to they were five, ten years ago. The weather doesn't act the same way it used to act. Now, a lot of the prognosticators, people of that sort, they're trying to predict certain things. But I believe the word of God. I just believe the word. The word has the answer for anything and everything that you might have need of. So Daniel was living in a place that full of people that were religious. Get me? They were religious, but they were cultic. They were cults. So notice what happened here. Turn again back to Daniel chapter 10. And uh, Daniel, he's a man of prayer. I'll read it to you later. Daniel chapter 10, let's begin to get about verse 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. You mean they changed your name? That's what they did. They did that to all his friends. They did it to him. But I don't care what the devil calls you. It's what Jesus calls you. That you are called out. You're called out. We're called out. Of whatever the enemy's tried to do. Called out of drugs. You're called out of any sin. You're called out. We're free by the power of God. But anyway, his his name was Belteshazzar. The message was true, the appointed time was long, and he understood the message, he understood the vision. And then he says, I in those days, I Daniel was morning for a full three weeks, twenty one days. I had no pleasant food, no meat, no wine came into my mouth. I didn't know myself at all, the whole three weeks were fulfilled. So he was seeking God for these 21 days. Verse 5, I lifted up my eyes and there was a certain man clothed in linen. Now, how did that man get there? This was angelic creation. This man could have been a likeness of Jesus because it says in the book of Revelation, one just like this. His body was like barrel, his face was the appearance of lightning, his eyes were like torches of fire, his arms and feet were burnished bronze and colored, the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. Of many waters. I, Daniel, also saw the vision, for the men who was with me did not see the vision. A great terror fell upon them, so they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was let alone, and I saw the great vision. And no strength remained to me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. What a powerful time. Now, in those days, the way that they received the message of God was through dreams and through visions, through the hearing of the thumbs. They had ways of receiving information in those directions. 
Aren't you glad you're living today that you can receive information from the Holy Ghost, that the Spirit of the living God can talk to you and you can hear his voice? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. We need to be greater in the, in the capacity of receiving from God than we ever have been before. Whatever group you've been with, whatever, uh, shall we say, denomination you've never been with, whatever, it could have been Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, whatever, whatever. If you have really known Jesus in your heart, he will talk to you. He will speak to you. The Spirit of God will speak to us. Because we have an inward motion that he tells us exactly what to do, where to go, when to go. All these wonderful things about us. I was reading an article in the magazine one time. And the article was written because of the great things that happened in Smith Wigglesworth's life. And uh, the Lord told him to go to a certain address. He'd never been there before. Told the driver to drive to a certain address. He got out of the car, went to the front door, and he knocked. And first they weren't going to let him in. And finally he told the condition of the person that he wanted to see. He said, she's at death's door, and if I don't come in, she will go over that door. And immediately they opened the door, and he marched upstairs. He spoke against death. He had another thing, too. He cleared everybody out of the room. That's a good thing to do. Now, I've done that a couple times myself. And when I've been praying for people in hospital, if they're not believers, I have them leave the room. Please, would you leave the room? I want to pray. Because that could be a hindrance to the very power and the glory of God. So, as he was in the room, he noticed that he felt this clammy feeling all over him. He said to the Lord, he said, Lord, what is this? He said, that's the spirit of death trying to take this woman. And so he looked at the woman. He said, you ready to go to be with Jesus? She said, no. And he said, you want to get ready? Yes. So her heart was reaching out to Jesus. And that she was in so much pain that she told everybody that she wanted to die and just go on to be with the Lord. She, she was saved. She really knew the Lord as Savior. Didn't know him as healer yet. And finally, Brother Smith said, you'll have to pray this prayer with me. And he took her through a prayer that would renounce the enemy and would rebuke the devil. And finally, the last words he said, says, I rebuke you, spirit of death. Come out of the woman. Her body started convulsing. And the woman sat up in bed, looked 20 years younger. She got her clothes on. He left the room. She marched downstairs. And the people just about all passed out because they were expecting a funeral, not somebody come walking down the stairs. She testified to the goodness and the greatness of our God. Brother Wigglesworth, he didn't even stay another five minutes. He said, my job's done. God bless you. Come testify in one of my services. So his direction was to go to a house he'd never been to, pray for a woman he's never seen before, rebuke the spirit of death, and then notice what God does. And we've had many people like that around the world today. Back in the 1950s, we had what we call is the type of voice of healing, the, the voice of healing. In the voice of healing, you had Brother Roberts. You, you had other great men 
I met several of those men growing up. You had uh, Brother Vineyard was there. Uh, some great, great men of God. I mean, it, it, it actually, we fell in time to... I don't want to talk about everybody because I don't know everybody. I could see them in my mind's eye, but I, I kind of haven't spoken in that area for a while. But these men had gifts of God to pray for the sick, and they would be healed. And so they had the Voice of Healing. They even had the Voice of Healing magazine, too. And so these men would have tent revivals all over the United States, great tent revivals. Uh, one I'm thinking of right now is Raymond T. Ritchie. He uh, ministered with us over in Hong Kong. And uh, I'll tell you a little funny story. But this happened when he was there. I was a teenager then. And so this lady that was in the healing lines, we had several lines for prayer because there, there were no place to put the people. And so as Brother Raymond was coming down the line, Dad noticed this woman going from line to line. And uh, he said, Lee, why are you going from line to line? He said, very interesting. He said, I'm going from line to line because this brother is going back to America, and when I need a healing, I'll just take his prayer, and I'll keep it for me. So she thought she could piggyback a prayer. That was great faith. Dad got, got kind of kicked out of that. She said, well, that's something. I never thought of that before. It could be possible. But anyway. The movements of God, the power of God, the anointing of the Lord, people that were lame, people that were deaf, people that had goiters, through many things, voice of healing, back in the early 50s. Glory to God. We're seeing those things happen all the time. Actually, today, I believe there are greater miracles taking place now. God is doing something now in a greater measure than before because we're coming closer and closer to the coming of the Lord. So, now, as we look at this, it saw this body that was like barrel, the faces appearance of lightning. Now, notice here in the book of Revelation. Now, when you study the book of Daniel, you should study the book of Revelation along with it because it's like it that works with one another in the book of the Revelation. And uh, notice that it's not revelations, it's the revelation. That's generally how it's spoken about. And uh, we find in the, the very first chapter, one like the Son of Man. Uh, this is in verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks was one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, about the paps with golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, white as snow, and his eyes were the flame of fire, and his feet like the fine brass as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Is what it says. The sound here is a little different than what you were talking about here. But it does talk about it. talks about the gold of Ufaz. Talking about all these other things, that his waist were girded with gold of Ufaz. Talking about the different things they had. And it said that his feet were like in the fire brass, and they burned in the brass, and they burned the furnace, and the voice was the sound of many waters. Then he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a two-edged sword. His countenance was like the sun shines in his strength. Ah. Then when John saw it, he fell like he was dead. Yeah, my, my, my. I haven't seen that kind of 
manifestation yet, but I believe it's soon and very soon. As we move into God, we're going to see that. All the way through the Word of God. Now, the Bible tells us that there are so many angels, they can hardly be counted. The angels of God are thousands times 10,000, the chariots of God. Now, the warfare that was taking place was just for Daniel concerning the last days of Israel. And it tells us a little bit later. And so, actually, this is the chapter before chapter 11. Chapter 11 deals with the fact that the message that was portrayed from Daniel, and he got it at that point in time, after that, made a thoroughfare. Made a thoroughfare. Came all the way through that thoroughfare and to the 11th chapter of the book of Daniel. So, so it's amazing. I mean, when you start reading. And uh, I spoke before just a little bit about the fact that that Daniel is one of the most amazing books from the year 1616 B.C. all the way through to the second coming of Christ. Look at the gamut. Look at the length of time. How amazing, how amazing, how amazing. So we do have that, talking about those things. And then notice what it said. After the thoroughfare kept up, then he started talking to him. Before he actually gets to that, he said, Daniel, he said, now I want you to understand what will happen to your people. Not America. This is the Israel people, Israelites. This is talking to the Jewish people. What will happen to your people when in the latter times? Well, friend, we are in the latter times right now. It says, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Yet to come. And when he spoke of these words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. You find this in Daniel chapter 10, verses 14 and 21. And suddenly one, having the likeness of the Son of Man, touched my lips. Ah. And I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision of my sorrow have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor any breath left to me. Then again, one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. Angelic anointing right there. And then he said to me, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Now, stop there just for a moment, just for a little bit, because that is one of the greatest hindrances of the church, is they walk in fear, they don't walk in faith. They really got to that point of the time. They say, what are we really going to do? How are we going to do this? My God, help us. They're walking in fear and not faith. Faith, all the time, has been mentioned several times through the Word of God and, and the commendation of faith. Now, when Jesus gave the greatest commendation of faith to people who were not his disciples, to the Roman centurion, he said, you've got great faith. To the Syrophoenician woman, you've got great faith. He never told his disciples one time. He told his disciples one time, you've got little faith. One time he said, you've got no faith. But the word said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we live and move and have our being in that realm. Now, he said, fear not. Fear not. So after he said, fear not, then he wanted to go and tell them about that. 
And he said, uh, you know why I've come? And I must return to fight, spirit to fighting, with the prince of Persia. And when I've gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. He said, after this happens, there's going to be another one trying. He said, but I will tell you, noted in the scripture truth, that no one opposes me against these except Michael, your prince. Uh, talking about that. Michael, the warrior. So for 21 days, Daniel played for three weeks and seemed the prayers that were unanswered. And I've got news for you. Yeah. Keep on hanging on. Don't quit praying. Keep on thanking God for the answer. Because it is yours. It's yours. And so what this particular chapter shows us, that through the intensity of prayer, they're not giving up. With bulldog tenacity, he stayed with it until he received. That's the way you've got to be. All the prayers that you've ever prayed, don't quit praying those prayers. Keep on praying until they have developed and manifest. All right. We're reaching this point right here. What we're going to do right now, we're going to change the order of service, and we're going to look over here in the Bible for communion. You have your communion ready. We are about ready to receive the Holy Communion. We have bread and we have grape juice. We have it. We just about have it ready. And so, I want you to look over here in particular to a scripture in Matthew. We want to read the 26th chapter of Matthew. And there's great, many, 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 many messages in regard to the Holy Communion. And just a couple of days ago, when I wasn't feeling exactly where I should have been, I took the Communion. And I started receiving healing from that day. So healing, of course, is the children's bread. In the 26th chapter of the book of Matthew, and this is what he said, Verse 26, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, break it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take heed, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it to all of them, saying, drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. But here's a beautiful promise in verse 29. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you, all the born-again people, with you in my Father's kingdom. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of his word. So if you have that ready and prepared, we are ready to receive. Hallelujah. Take the bread that you have, hold it in your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come against every disease. We come against every pain, every sickness, every fever. Whatever problem with our throats, with the nasal passages, with sinus cavities, with all the sicknesses, airborne, otherwise, every type of sickness diverse from one another. Whatever is named or termed sickness, we speak to you. Say, bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. We come against every sickness, every pain, every disease. And we say we're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Shall we eat of the bread? 
Hallelujah.
Lord always. And again I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Again I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Again I say rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, because when you have the ability to say so, and you have the privilege to say so, then you are commended to say so. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yeah, right now. Anybody with arthritic pain, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. You have to bow to the name of Jesus. All arthritis pain has to go in Jesus' name from your arms and your legs to your back, to your shoulders, to every part of your body that has any twinge of arthritis has to go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't care what kind of disease it is, just call on the name. Call on his name. Call on his name. Call on the name of the Lord. Word says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this prayer with me. So, Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me of every sin. Cleanse me with your precious blood. Change me. Wash me. Turn me around. Let me walk with you, Lord. Let me talk with you, Lord. Let your presence fill my heart. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. According to Scripture, you're born again. Because from the speech of our mouth, from the confession of our mouth, to the believing of our heart, according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, we are born again. So welcome to the family of God. God's a good God. All the time, he's a good God. A loving God. A wonderful God. A God of grace. A God of peace. God of joy, a God of righteousness. Hallelujah. Our God is that God. He is God Jehovah. Many times, just say his name. The ability, the availability of reaching out and touching him. Remember, let his presence fill your heart today. Fill your life. Fill every part of your being. That you will know. It's not a guess job. That you will know the Lord God. That you will know he cares for you. That he loves you. If you're the only person in the world, he would have died just for you. Jesus, son of David. Just like Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bible tells us in Mark chapter 10, Jesus stood still for the beggar. But the beggar was expecting something because when he threw away his robe that identified him to be a blind beggar, he said, I'm not going to be that way no more. And when he threw it away, that was the act of faith. And Jesus says, what do you want? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And he received at that moment and at that time. And at the moment that your confession comes to your faith level, you shall and will receive the good things of God that will come to your heart and life. 
Hallelujah. Wonderful being with you tonight. So glad to share the word of God with you. Again, Monday is from 8 to 9. We'll be dealing with healing as the children's bread. We're still dealing with that topic. We've got much to say about it. And then Tuesday, again, we will speak to the book of Daniel in chapter 11. To acquaint yourself with chapter 11 of the book of Daniel. We're excited about these times of presentation to bring you to relationship with Almighty God. To know him is life eternal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For all of us from our area here, we love you. We pray for you. May you be blessed, body, soul, and spirit. So goodbye. We will see you and talk to you next week.